everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited today. We are here talking about the latest film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, and this is going to be a spoiler podcast. And today I'm very excited to have a very special guest. My friend Zach Pope is here. And Zach, th- thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad we can finally do a podcast together. I know we've kind of talked about other ideas, but talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, so this is going to be quite a bit of fun, even though I know we'll have differing opinions on certain things. But that's, that's what's great about film, is differing opinions and talking about it and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited too, because uh, I, I don't know, I just, I felt, I've seen the film twice, and I, I just felt like, are other people other people are just clearly seeing things that I'm not seeing. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious to, to listen and to learn kind of what, what other people are getting that I'm not getting. And it's not that I thought it was the worst movie ever, but I mean, I'm just hearing people put it above into the spider verse, putting it above Spider-Man mm-hmm. two. And I'm just kind of like, what, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing? So I'm very curious to talk with you yeah. and uh, why don't you introduce yourself to uh, the podcast and, and your channel and what you do? Well, so for people who don't know me, uh, my name is Zach. Uh, I've been reviewing for like three and a half years now over on Zach Pope Reviews. And I also do reviews for like Sandwich on Films, which is a website that actually gives out advanced movie screens. So like people always ask, how do we see movies early? That's how I started was like going through that website to get movies early. So if you want to check out movies early, go check it out. But um, yeah, I've been reviewing movies and I just love talking about movies. Like that's that's my thing is that like, I didn't have friends to talk about movies with and the friends I did, they would make bets about like, oh, when's he going to bring up a movie? Because he's always talking about movies. And so I started a YouTube channel to talk about movies. So that, that that's kind of me. And now I've met people like you and others who also love movies alike. So it's really fun to talk about it. And that's what people need to understand is even though if people don't like some things about a movie, it doesn't mean we didn't hate it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying. I I, I got a, a comment on my review. We were talking about it earlier that uh, on my blog, uh, saying, well, "Can't you just enjoy the the movie? Can't you just?" And you know, especially now that I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, like this is kind of my job. Like it's part time right now, but but it's my job to go to the movie and to watch it. And to have a response, like if I just if I just go saying, like and and don't have any kind of critical analysis of what I'm watching, I'm not doing my job. I'm not, yeah. uh, and not that I'm just some bland kind of person who who doesn't enjoy things. I do. I enjoy lots of things. Uh, in fact, I've enjoyed a lot of the Marvel movies, the MCU. I'm in general a defender of the MCU. In fact, but. I, I can't fake it and pretend to like something that I don't like. That- mm-hmm. No, and I totally get what you're saying. I mean, like, there are certain movies that hit us a little bit better than others and some movies that do better for us than others. Like, and Spider-Man Far From Home, I mean, like, some of, like, what you're, what we're going to get into, like, you're not the only one that feels that way. Like, I know yeah. other people who feel that way. So, it, it it really just depends on how a film hits you. And this, this will be a fun discussion, so. Yeah. Like, I'm not just trying to be a contrarian. Like, that's a waste of everyone's time. I am just trying to be honest and authentic about what I think about film. And, and you know, a lot of people were really upset about my Shazam review. Uh, but that was how I responded. And I tried to articulate it as well as I I can and which is funny you know what's funny about your shazam review is so 
when I saw the film, I love Shazam because it, it really was like the character I wanted from when I was a kid. But the thing with your review though, is that like a lot of other people felt the same way you did. Like, and actually like actually watching a review, which is the best thing about watching other reviews is like you said, it is not for kids. And in my review, I actually said, Oh, this is a great family film. Then when I thought the way that you put it, I was like, no, she is actually right. Like this movie, if I would have seen it when I was like five or six, I would have been terrified. So it, it's it's cool seeing other people's perspectives because then it makes you think on other things, you know? Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've been really interested in, in people that like this better than Into the Spider-Verse because that was such a brilliant movie in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, because I'm curious about why i'm curious about there so you know you sh you shouldn't just say what's popular and i mean if, if that's your approach on a youtube channel the either either approach if your approach is i'm just gonna be contrarian and hate everything you're not gonna last very long and if your approach is i'm just gonna say what's ever popular then you're also not gonna last very long like you have to be authentic and and say what you think and try to defend yeah. it as well as you can that's all absolutely yeah. and maybe get some crap along the way like uh it's funny I, I remember the first review i ever did i really liked the the new ghostbusters and i got crapped on like i i got i had literally just started and like people were messaging me like how dare you like this blah, yeah. blah, blah. like i i didn't say it was a masterpiece i just said i liked it like right me too so it, it's funny how it works like that and people just everyone has their own opinion like i'm sure there's movie like every time someone comments i'm like i guarantee there's a movie that you love that i absolutely hate and almost everyone else hates so yeah get over it. yeah so. that's right <laughs> uh yeah there's even people who don't like my favorite movie which is your name <laughs> but people i don't, don't understand those people but it's okay dude your name is incredible <laughs> so, so i love it i'm <laughs> just saying so. we can all be friends it's all good <laughs> yeah. and people who don't like your name must be a little bit crazy because that that's like an, an like top tier like movie and if you're talking about anime it's probably like top five anime films yeah ever made. for sure <laughs> uh, i know a lot of people didn't respond to wonder woman like i did but i absolutely loved wonder woman and i'm so. one of those ones that i really like wonder woman too so yeah it's it's fun so anyway yeah that's just something it's, it's it's an interesting thing so how did you feel well in general what is your overall sort of take on the mcu are you in general a fan are you kind of hit and miss with it what is your feeling about the mcu so it's funny when the mcu started i love the first iron man love the first iron man like uh, i remember my grandma took me and my best friend to go see it and it really like because me and my friend like i me and my friend have seen every single mcu film together and oh, so it's like pretty much been a journey for us and that's actually how like our friendship formed was like talking about comic book heroes and whatnot but so my grandma took us and like i mean the first iron man really blew us away and then it's weird a lot of the phase one movies i didn't love like the first thor pretty low on my list mm -hmm. iron man 2 pretty low on my list not saying that they're not fun like i can watch them for fun but it, i never gravitate to go rewatch them and then the first captain america i actually think is a little bit underrated but still it's not a film i gravitate to go watch again it didn't take till that first avengers film that really like i was like this is awesome like connecting all these universes and pushing it through and now like like i mean like me at that age like now thinking back and looking i'm like damn i would never imagine that we have avengers endgame now or like stuff like that like stuff that i would read is now on the big screen and it's like really weird but 
overall, I really like the MCU. And actually, after Endgame, I was in the t- camp that was like, I'm like, honestly, I don't ever need to see another film in this franchise. Like, I'll, I'll see them, but I'm not, I'm like not getting overly hyped anymore because I, I felt like that was the perfect conclusion. But Far From Home kind of changed that. I went in with like, I, I know this is going to be a good movie. Like, hands down, it's going to be a good Spider-Man movie. It's going to be a good MCU film. But I walked out like more blown away. And I think more blown away by the fact of I'm actually really excited for the future of the MCU now especially with the end credit scene um, and just the possibilities. I'm not expecting like every other film to kind of blow me away. Like this one did like the black widow or the eternals movie next year, but it, it truly, the MCU I think is such a unique thing. And as long as they can keep making movies that are good and to an, a higher quality and hopefully just don't fall into that mill of just turning out sequel, 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 but keep doing the same thing that they're doing with like say ant-man how it's ant-man's a heist film or you go to dr strange and dr strange is kind of like a weird mix of horror and magic and just kind of making stuff different i'm all for that and it looks like that's kind of what they're continuing yeah i had kind of a similar experience i i liked iron man the Mm -hmm. the original iron man and then i was just not into it and then i i kind of was turned off of superhero movies for a little while because i saw green lantern and i hated it never finished it was so bad and it was i just oh i was like this this well, is just not for me that's how my dad is my dad does hate superhero movies like yeah he i think the last one i actually got him to watch was deadpool and he really liked deadpool because it was kind of making fun of the whole superhero genre uh-huh. and then he tried watching avengers infinity war gave up he's like it's too long can't watch it i don't i don't know who this is who's this wizard guy who's this yeah. and then he's seen like the guardians but he doesn't count them as superhero films because he's like they're not superheroes it's just a space movie i'm like okay i mean you're kind of right on that part yeah but no i like it like green lantern kind of ruined that for a lot of people yeah. green lantern was so bad and i was just like and there were a bunch right around that same time there was like i feel like I mean, I guess Catwoman was way earlier, but there was like, there was just a bunch that were, there was like the Green Hornet, there was like all these terrible movies all within a short period of time. And I was like, I just, these are not for me. And so I, there were just a bunch that I didn't even see. And my, Mm -hmm. then my friends, when the Avengers came out, they were like, you gotta see it. It's so amazing. It was so great. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to see it. Cause this was long before I was reviewing movies or anything like that and uh and so i i waited and then finally it was on uh dvd and they were like you gotta see it you gotta see it you gotta see it. i'm like fine and so i i put it on and i was just like this was great and i hadn't even seen thor i hadn't even seen captain america i hadn't even, mm-hmm. and i still just thought it was so funny i thought it was so just i loved loki from the very minute that i he was so great as a villain i loved the script was just so fun and uh, i just love the original avenger so much and so that kind of got me on board and then i think especially uh 2014 was just such an amazing year for the mcu with captain america winter soldier and uh guardians of the galaxy and so you know that got me really excited and uh and yeah, I, I I feel like for the most part, they're even the ones that I am not high that I'm not fresh on, I still don't think are like horrible. I don't think they I don't think the MCU has made a Batman and Robin, uh Superman four, uh, you know what I mean, like a, a catwoman. I don't think they've had a turkey like that. No. I, I think 
the here's the, the the lowest quality I think they've made is just an okay film. Like yeah, it's just absolutely. this is an okay movie. Like I'm never gonna rewatch this. Yeah, and and I think that's what's so special about them is that a lot of franchises usually have one or two already. That's like yeah, this is not a good movie. Like I, you look at the X Men franchise, there's quite a few in there that are not a good movie. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think what's so impressive about what Kevin Feige does over in Marvel is that he absolutely knows who his, he knows what his movies are. And that's like the hardest thing in life period is to know what you are and execute it well. And I I think in in any kind of business and any kind of anything in life, like to just, to, to, and I feel like a lot of other franchises have really struggled to try to kind of figure out what they are, what their brand is, and 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 then just execute it well. And so like each director is kind of responsible for sort of reinventing the wheel. And and I know that excites some people, but I, I feel like it kind of ends up with sort of cluttered all over the place. There's no there's not that direction. I, I feel yeah. like what, what Kevin Feige is able to do with Marvel is he's able to say to these directors, here's your, here's your kit. Here's all the pieces. Now go and add your creativity, go and add your flair, go and add your, you know, and, and that, that to me makes good films. And, and I think that, uh, it, that, I don't know, like I admire the ambition in some of these other franchises, but I feel like they just, it can be a frustrating experience and they can just feel bloated. And I don't know it, it, when each director is responsible for, for, for completely reinventing every franchise. And I definitely yeah. think the case with star Wars for sure. And yeah. uh, so I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Well, you're making a lot of good points. And I think the thing with Kevin Feige, the one word to go around him is he's organized. Like this guy yeah. has a plan. He knows what he's doing. That's like my big thing with like any other franchise trying to do these cinematic universes it's like they don't establish it they always try to rush it and like whether it's the dark universe and then they just tried putting so much into that mummy movie and then it kind of just felt bloated like then you look at the dceu which i've liked almost all their films like i don't I, like mm-hmm. except suicide squad alone I, I i like all of them i think they're good mm-hmm. to some are really great like say wonder woman but my thing is is like Again, their problem was it felt bloated. They're just trying to get to Justice League. They were trying to get past that and move forward and catch up the MCU. And I'm like, you're just rushing it. Yeah. I mean, he's like, people complain about the Edgar Wright thing. And it's like with Marvel, and he's the only one that's really had that kind of problem with, I guess you could say Avengers Age of Ultron maybe with Joss in that one. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that with Edgar Wright, like he wasn't willing to play ball in the MCU at all. Like, and and I yeah. think they basically parted amicably. Like I think everybody else made kind of a bigger deal of that than they actually it actually was, as far as a creative experience. Um, I mean, he had just gotten on the whole project so early, and mm-hmm. uh, and so he you have to be willing to play ball in in the franchise that you're in if you're just making like that's just of course you know like what of course that's the yeah. case. And so, but that's the really the only one. I mean, you look at the the directors that they've been able to get, somebody like Ryan Coogler, you know, somebody like it, that they've gotten really great talent. And I think that they've all sort of added their own little flares, like you said. Anyway, so it's a really impressive thing to me. And I absolutely loved Endgame. I thought it was so good. I love, I love time travel stories. So it, it was, uh, it was just 
really fun to me and seeing all these characters and I thought it was so emotionally true. And so coming here, how did you feel about Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming? Okay, so Homecoming, I, so like, I'm, this thing with Spider-Man is like, I will enjoy all their films. Mm-hmm. I know they're not all good. I know there are some bad ones, but the thing with all the franchises, so Sam Raimi, I liked it. I liked most of them. I think Spider-Man 2 is really good, but I've never been gravitated to go rewatch them. Like I'll rewatch them, but I'm, it's never like I have to rewatch this. I have to rewatch this. Andrew Garfield's were kind of the same way. These are good, somewhat, maybe, mm-hmm. bad, partsly, but I'm not gravitating to it. So when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I, I was really looking forward to it because of Civil War. Civil War, I mean, that Spider-Man introduction was awesome. I went into Homecoming and really enjoyed it. Like, I, I love it. Um, it's, one, it's probably the Spider-Man film I've actually rewatched the most, surprisingly. Um, I just think it's so charming, and I love the John Hughes feel that it was going for. And it was such a smaller-esque film, and especially with Vulture, what they did with him, I I hate the Vulture here in the comics, and they made me fall in love with Vulture and what they had with Michael Keaton in there. So I really liked Homecoming. It wasn't a perfect film. I I think I I'm not a big fan of how they were making him so much Iron Man Junior in it. Mm-hmm. But that's why I think Far From Home kind of exceeded that a bit for me because it it was more moving past Tony Stark. But Homecoming, I liked. I, I liked it for sure. Um, I love a lot of aspects about it, and it, it really like cemented Tom Holland as this hero. And I think it was very it was it was funny. It was a fun Marvel film for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, Homecoming. I I feel like it's actually gotten better for me because I felt like it was a little the hyperbole was very strong on it when it first came out, and I was like, it wasn't it wasn't that good, but it was it was good. I liked it, and I don't know. And sometimes that can sort of affect you a little a little bit when you hear that kind of thing. But uh, but it was it was good. I liked it. I liked that teen feel, uh, and I I the thing about the Tony Stark part of it that I actually really enjoyed is that it was nice to see Tony back as Tony, you know, yeah. that because he had been so ever since Iron Man three, he had been so sort of morose and sad and, you know, kind of a thing. And I, so I, I kind of appreciated getting back that sort of, I'm with you on thing. that. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, and I do think that they have such nice chemistry, Tom Holland and, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. So, that was nice. Uh, and yeah, some of the action was, mm, was bland. Yeah, I think that's another thing. The first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool action. Then I thought about it. I'm like, but there's like zero web slinging. Like yeah, I get it. It's yeah. like his first year. Or so is Spider-Man, but it's like, he's supposed to be web slinging around. And, and I mean, we'll talk about far from homes web slinging. I thought that was really cool what they did with it, but homecoming. It's like, I get what they were going for the character. And I really love that part. There's some things that I have like issues like Palm rewatch, but like it is pretty high on my list. It's like top 10 for me for the MCU. And I mean, I I just, I, again, it just, I just love the Spider-Man character and this iteration of him is like what I grew up on. So like, this is what I read. So it's like page two movie, like accuracy for me. Yeah. And I think that, that this is the best version of Spider-Man. I, as far as, Mm -hmm. As far as the character, I really like uh, Tom Holland's portrayal. There's a vulnerability there. There's a sweetness there that I think really works in, in the character. And I I don't know. I didn't really like Andrew Garfield, even though he's a good actor. Because to me, there was always sort of a smugness to his portrayal. Yeah. 
particularly Peter Parker, that I don't know, just wasn't my thing. <laughs> I didn't really. So I, I put it this: that. I love Toby's Peter Parker. I don't love his Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I like his Spider Man more than his Peter Parker, yeah. and then Tom Holland, I think, is the best mix of both. I think that's true. And so yeah, so I liked, and I agree about the Vulture. It was very strong, and overall, it was a sweet, fun movie. And uh, I, I liked, I you know, I certainly. Uh, gave it a you know gave it fresh i liked i liked homecoming uh, yeah. and uh so i was pretty excited coming to this uh, movies uh far from home uh especially with what happened in uh with going on with infinity war and then in endgame and i thought the trailers were pretty strong uh, and i think there are some things that i really liked in the movie i ended up giving it a four out of ten so it was just, there was you know, it wasn't like I completely trashed it. Uh, but I liked, I, I liked all of the stuff with Tom Holland and the teens. I, yeah. and I thought they were really funny, charming. I actually liked Flash this time because he was so annoying mm-hmm. to me in Homecoming. I didn't. And they had small things in there that kind of got you to understand him more. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, everything that they kind of like hint at with his parents and whatnot. I, I actually really liked that they did those subtle things with certain characters, whether it's MJ um and i i mean i really love their relationship i i it's it's adorable and it it just it really is like perfected like their chemistry and just like but the stuff that they do like subtly with mj or ned or betty or and even like you said flash it makes you like them more where in homecoming like i i hated flash i was like this is like the most annoying flash thompson in the world and ned i mean i love ned he's the best friend that anyone should have in their life and Mm -hmm. but it it really furthered out a lot of those and even same with mj i mean i did not like i love zendaya i think she's a really good actress but i really did not care for her in homecoming i'm like this is really annoying and in this one i liked her a lot more i fell in love with her character in fact Mm mm-hmm I did too. I really liked this version of, I mean, this character, MJ. I thought that she was funny. I thought she was, they had good chemistry and uh, it, it definitely, that, that worked for me. One thing that I think is interesting is that people seem to think it's such a big deal that Spider-Man isn't going to be secretive, a secret identity in the, uh, the MCU, but I, I don't really understand that to be honest, because yeah, I mean, I know he is in the comics, but nobody in the MCU is secret. No one. There's not a single character. And like, like Bruce Banner in the comics is, you know, the Hulk is, it's a secret identity, but not in the MCU. He's like taking selfies with people. Like this just not a thing in the MCU. Yeah. And so it, to me, it would be weird if Spider-Man is the one that everybody's like, Oh, don't, don't tell anybody. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so the way I look at it is like, okay, so I'm with you. Like, I mean, the, the MCU is like, oh, you have a secret identity? Nah, we're, you're good with that. We're just going to reveal it to everyone right away. <laughs> so that it. ending, dang, I guess we should just talk about the end credits scene. Because yeah. I think that's kind of where a lot of people were like, oh my God. And it wasn't just because of J.K. Simmons coming back, which that that was a, I, I was blown away by yeah, that. Yeah, that was fun. I, I really did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be like a Norman Osborn type thing because my guess is Norman Osborn's going to be like portrayed by like a, a Matthew McConaughey type level actor. Yeah. And I was waiting for that to happen. I'm like, okay, so they're not going Osborn. But then you see JK and it, it's perfect. I really hope that's not a one-off. I hope the next Spider-Man, we, we get more of JK Simmons. Just like small glimpses of yeah. like listening. He's like a podcaster in a sense. Um, but 
So with that ending, of course, you see the news. Mysterio, let's be honest, he's, he's probably not dead. Is he? They're not going to kill off Jake Gyllenhaal in one movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope not because I really like Mysterio, but so nobody's really dead in Marvel yeah right? yeah yeah you're right about that no one ever really dies just waiting for them to bring Tony Stark back with I know. <laughs> it, 10 years it, from now it will happen eventually it will, it will. whether it's a flashback or whatever there's mm-hmm. yeah anyway <laughs> but so then this whole thing where he goes oh we have his actual identity blah 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 it's Peter Parker and then he goes what the so I think the reason it's maybe not particularly important to the MCU, but particularly important to his characters because he's a kid. And Mm. I think he sees how Tony, like, I think he's looked at like the other heroes and how a sense like Tony, everyone knows his identity. So that kind of puts Pepper Potts in, in, in what's the word in trouble all the time. Mm. And it kind of just goes for all those characters. But I think for him, it's like his one worry is protecting it from everyone he loves. So other people don't find out and he, in a sense, I just, I think it's always been a major part of his story, even though there are comic iterations where he reveals himself. And especially, I think the reason going into this, whatever they do with the next Spider-Man film, is now that everyone knows that he is Spider-Man, everyone knows he's Peter Parker, and now it's going to also add that, I mean, in a sense, everyone kind of looked at Spider-Man as just a hero, but now there's going to be people who look at him as a menace and a hero. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to believe it, some people are not going to believe it. And it's going to add a certain perspective to Peter Parker because let's be, he's, he's not going to get arrested or anything. You know what I mean? Like shield, like all the, they know what happened. They, they are the ones that know he's probably going to still need something. I know there's actually some iterations of Peter Parker needing a lawyer, which is why some people are talking about their double maybe coming in Ooh. with the next one. Cause or by 2021, you can have, she's a lawyer. Be cool. And that's another one that I was thinking, I was like, that's, two characters that you could seamlessly throw in there because they're lawyers and they're not like high attorneys either. You know, they're, they're going to need something, but I think that's something cool that they could throw in. And plus by 2021, they can actually use the daredevil character again, Uh whether they want to use Charlie Cox or if they want to go a new way, whatever. Yeah. But I just think it opens up Spider-Man to more possibilities. And I guess the big rumor is right now that they want to do a nine arc with Spider-Man three in high school, three in college, three as an adult. Now, I don't know if they're all going to be great, but as someone like who grew up reading these comics and like Spider-Man was like literally the comic I read. Yeah. I am all for that. If they can do a nine arc movie with Peter Parker and Tom Holland as, as Peter Parker, I'm all in for it. Like it, as long as they're all good. And as long yeah. as they're progressing his character, I think that's the strongest part about both these films is like the progression of him as a character. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why the end reveal of the Peter Parker is Spider-Man is like a big deal because he's a teenager and, and whatever. But I don't understand why people were freaking out about the fact that he revealed who he was to MJ. I think the whole idea that that the that the people closest to these superheroes don't know the, su- the secret identity I always felt a, a little phony. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, that in the original Superman movies, it's understandable because they're kind of campy 
and they kind of yeah. lean into that so it's fine but you know i mean it's it's just it's kind of ridiculous like if you're dating this person and like it, the only the only difference is they have glasses and then yeah or masks i mean it's just yeah. it, it and and especially if you're in a world in the MCU where superheroes people like if you really lived in this world like superheroes would be kind of like okay like norm like more normal it wouldn't be as big a deal as as they would be it now like in our in our world <laughs> like I mean there's so many and here they just and they're so frequent in their you know what they're doing and everything like I don't know I just feel like. It, it totally makes sense within the world of the MCU that he would be revealed and then he would be able to deal with it. And, and it yeah. just, I don't know. I feel like people have made way too big deal with that. Well, no. Yeah. And the, you bringing up MJ knowing, I think that's the smartest thing. Cause the biggest thing I have is where you watch a show or a movie and he's always trying to find his identity and he's always trying to hide it. And then there's always that relationship issue that they have because she doesn't understand why he's going off all the time. It's just like, just say it, just, just say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just say that you are Spider-Man or you are the flash or something like that. Like just make it easy on us. Let's not, yeah, let's have these, not have these dumb problems. Yeah. And people are like, why is Aunt May so blase about him being a superhero? I'm like, they live in this world of superheroes, of, you know, like, of course, they, this is just—it's a different world in the MCU. People, they, I don't know. That's what I think, at least. So that—that <laughs> that was interesting to me to see people just. People were very upset when that trailer came out, and and uh, he's and she's you know acknowledging that he's a uh, Spider-Man, and I'm like, of course she does. She's not stupid. Yeah. Anyway. So with you on that. It, it's- <laughs> No, you're you're making up the best points. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really liked Tom Holland as as the character. I liked all the stuff uh, with the teens. I thought that was all really fun and funny. And uh, but I didn't think it was as funny as Homecoming. And I have to say, my nieces also didn't think it was as funny as Homecoming. But you know, humor. I I agree with that though. Um, I thought Homecoming was more funny but i it didn't like really bother me too much with mm-hmm. the jokes personally so like i mean the one thing about spider-man far from home is the one thing i wanted them to do right was mysterio mm-hmm. um i mysterio is my favorite comic book villain and when they announced him i'm like oh, i'm like how are you gonna do this how are you gonna do this and then they got mm-hmm. jake john hall and i'm like okay you got a really talented actor as mysterio and from what they did in this movie for Mysterio is like kind of the reason why this film is so high for me is yeah. because I, I I just can't believe they actually did it. They did the fishbowl and the illusions and like the set pieces in this film are like some of the like coolest, I think, in any Spider-Man film, like right up there with Spider-Verse as well. Like the way that they, the visual, just thinking about this is like the way that they, the visual effects are now today, the way that you can actually do these sequences and like really like make you trip out on them it, it's uh-huh. just very unique and i think my favorite one in the whole thing though is the peter tingle one where he uses his peter tingle or spider senses <laughs> to just destroy all those drones and get the mysterio and that that's something that like i've been wanting for so long is for like spider-man to have to embrace that spidey senses because i don't think we've actually seen that we've seen him where he's like oh something's flying at me but he literally was bl- went in blind and just used his senses mm-hmm. to tear apart to get to uh jake yeah. john hall's point 
Yeah, I mean, there were some good moments. And I guess maybe I'm hurt a little bit by the fact that I haven't read that particular comic mm-hmm. about Mysterio. I have read some Spider-Man comics. But uh, but I don't know. I just felt like, so getting into this whole, this plan was so like convoluted to me that it was so, and I get it, it's in the comics, but sometimes there's convoluted stuff in comics. I I mean, the amount of steps that were needed in order to make this plan uh, all come together was just like ridiculous to me. I mean, he had to ensure that all the illusions would work, first of all, that nobody would be fighting fighting them except for the Avengers. That like, have, Are they in a post-Endgame world? Are just like the human beings are just not even like trying to defeat these? Yeah. Like, is it just... Like, this is just like if there have been <laughs> like they're taking down some pretty big name spots, you know. It's like, where's is there no? I mean, I know Military. Europe and all the, their no their armies and quite. But I don't know. I was just like, why is nobody in any of these except for trying to fight these except for Spider Man? Mm-hmm. Um, and and he had to ensure that none of the other Avengers would come. Uh, that he had to ensure that Spider-Man would give over Edith, that Spider-Man would be in the places that he said he, that they ended up being. And, and, and then the, it just seemed like a lot. And I was just, I don't know, that bothered me. It seemed well, just convoluted. No, you, I, I think the plan, like when you look at his plan, you're like, this is a lot. Um, for me though, like I kind of forgive it because that that's just how Mysterio is. I think he's like one of the most clever like I think villains in the comics and I think a lot of it is just like because there's that one giant exposition dump that Jake Hall has that I think if it wasn't Jake Hall, I would have been sitting there like this is an exposition dump and I yeah. really don't like this but it's Jake Hall delivering the dialogue and the way that he is delivering it made it fine for me mm-hmm. but you are right I mean the plan is super convoluted and I mean I think we've all watched the movie and we're sitting there and we're like it's kind of bothered like <laughs> we've all watched that movie where we're like um i don't know how that would work and you do make a good sense is like i know he i know he mentioned like before he released the big storm monster at the end he was like yep no avengers are coming and it's like okay we're good and it's like did he do that every time did he hope they he did you know what i mean like there's certain there's certain things about that that maybe the next Literally. spider-man film introduce or the next mcu film might introduce and talk about like why the military isn't getting involved with a lot of this like um, literally if some birds had fallen flown into the illusion mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked yeah <laughs> not even like superheroes i don't know it just seemed like well, that's plan. What? And that's what's crazy because his illusions in the comics are a little bit smaller they're a little bit tinier than that. And like the ones where he's like in a building with Peter Parker and making him hit the walls and stuff like that. Those are the ones that I thought like made total sense. The big monsters, I'm like, whatever on them. I was like, this is just their way to kind of introduce them. But I, I mean, there's the plan is it's convoluted. It, it didn't bother me too much just because personally for me, I thought the time travel thing was a little bit too convoluted in Endgame. Yeah. Just a little bit too much. I, I had some issues with that. That's, so when it comes to these superhero films, I tr- there's sometimes where I'm just like, I can't, I can't think too much on this just because, but sometimes it does point out and you're like, okay, this is an issue because it, a film hits every single person in a different type of late. And like, just, when you're watching a film, you're like, um, yeah, that, 
that's it's kind of dumb <laughs> it just made like as soon as i saw jake gyllenhaal's character in the trailer i was like oh he's gonna end up being a turncoat villain yeah. he's gonna things gonna think he's nice and then he's gonna and it, so all that was so predictable to me and i was just like oh because I, I feel like it actually would have been kind of interesting if he had had a longer arc of being somebody that peter trusted instead of immediately being the the surprise villain uh and so i don't know it felt it to me this movie had a little bit of an iron man 3 feel where it felt like oh you're just being a little too cute a little Which too is, you know, it's funny i love iron man 3 oh, you so <laughs> Dude, I loved Iron Man 3, which is weird. The first time I saw the movie, I was like, kind of like, eh, eh. then I kept rewatching it. And I'm like, I really like this like weird take that they're taking on. And I think that's why like, like um, me and a couple other friends are talking about how like this film kind of reminds us of Iron Man 3. It does feel <laughs> like the story direction they take is Iron Man 3-esque. So it's a little weird. And I do actually agree with you. So actually when they announced that he was going to be teaming up with spider-man i was like no i am not in for that at all <laughs> and i'm thinking back in my head i'm like no they're gonna make him the villain he's and i mean going in i was like he's gonna be the villain and the second i, I remember me and my friend were sitting in the theater and the second he, he's like no you should take the glasses me and my friend were just hitting each other like you stupid you're so yeah, stupid like this it. is the most obvious thing gives him the glasses and then the whole monologue comes up and the way that they happened to it i was like but then, like, Jake Gyllenhaal in the role is so good. It's, like, hard for me to be, like, I knew it was coming, but it was still so entertaining to see, like, how he just turned like that. He's so he, – I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's yeah. – He's he's great. Top three I think he's top three actors working today, yeah. so. He's great. But, you know, like, yeah. But just, I mean, especially them bringing back all these random people. I was just like, eh, I don't know. It was, too much. it was too cute. Which it makes me now think that the net, like, if you really think about it, like, they're, they're obviously setting up for the Sinister Six, for the mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Vulture had issues with Tony Stark. Mysterio had issues with Tony Stark. So, obviously, the next villain will probably have issues with Tony Stark. Yeah. And it seems like that's how they're going to do is, I that's my prediction, is that the whole Sinister Six will have all had issues with Tony Stark or a different Avengers, and Spider-Man's kind of the one to clean it up now. Because... Yeah. Which, I mean, as a character story, I actually don't mind that. Because my guess is that the next Spider-Man film will not deal with the Sinister Six. It'll be, like, finally setting it up. I think we're going to get Norman Osborn. I think we're going to get all that type of stuff. And then the fourth one that they go into when he's going into college will probably tackle the Sinister Six and all of its stuff. That's yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would have liked it much better if if him and this, you know, this other superhero had teamed up to fight these these eternal like if that had been the real story i think that would have been more interesting because this was just to me it was all just very predictable and very bland uh and so that was frustrating to me and the other part of it that didn't make sense to me is that tony stark has left uh these these glasses this edith for for spider-man uh and there's a couple things first of all i feel like he would have put in some kind of fail safe knowing peter would probably screw it up uh and uh, so there would be something there that yeah. i don't know also i just don't buy that the tony stark that we have known since iron man 3 would have built this giant space station with all of these droids that because uh, he was all about you know giving over authority giving over autonomy he was all about 
uh, the, I mean, that was his whole character. And so him doing this secret space station with droids, I was just like, no way. That is not Tony in mm-hmm. since we have seen for a long time. And I don't know. So just on that, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'd like this. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I can, that way that I thought about it though, was that I was like, there's a five year gap that we don't know anything about. There's five years of Tony living that we have. The only thing we know is he had a kid and he had a wife, but Mm -hmm. he was still working on stuff. So we don't know what his whole perimeter is. Maybe that was him. Maybe he built that in that five years or had it built. So he didn't have to be the hero, but if something does come back like a Thanos, he can have it come out. And it's more controlled by, you know, like him in a sense. That's because like, obviously we've seen like what happens when he tries to build a drone that can do its own mind tricks and gets its own developments. But that, that's kind of the way that I viewed it is that there's it, in that five years, he, he built stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about those five years. And that's actually what I'm really excited about is that the further of the MCU, I have predictions that certain films will take place in that five years. Like I actually think the Black Widow film is taking place in that five years. Oh, really? See, I'm I'm so hopeful with the Black Widow movie because and my my dream is that it will be about Budapest. Because it's a prequel, so right? Gonna, so it's a prequel. So I, it's weird. I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna show some some of this. I think what it's gonna happen is that something in that five year gap is going to relate to Budapest and the, and the past MCU and that we're going to see some stuff in the past, but it's also going to go back and forth. Just kind of how certain spy films have done it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be kind of that homage. Like, I think Black Widow is actually going to be a really unique yeah. take on the character and the film will probably be really unique itself. But that's actually what I'm hoping for. And plus, I know there's rumors that Jeremy Renner's in the film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a mistake if you don't do Budapest. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you know, in um, oh, a man called Uncle, when yes. they'll have the scenes where the sc- where the screen splits and you see mm-hmm. both sides, that would be amazing because we know that they both see it from totally different perspectives. And so, if you had whatever an action scene or you had other things, and you had a split screen and you see Hawkeye's perspective, and then you you see. <laughs> natasha's perspective that would be so funny because we know that you and i see it very differently that mm-hmm. that's how i think i, I, would, I would really like that i'd like yeah. that but you bring but you bring up that really good point on that well yeah it kind of has to be about budapest but also like i i just i want them to explore those five years because there's a lot in there that i was that i mean when that happened in endgame i was like oh god they're going five years i was thinking a couple months but five yeah. years it's true there's so much and that's spider-man far from home i think one of the most clever things about the film is how they played with that five years like the blip how they're always talking about the blip when they showed the footage on the news like i love the the kids who do the news and when they have the the basketball game and you see everyone disappear and then they all reappear and the basketball hits the kid or say when flash is in first class getting drinks and mj's like he got blipped he's not 21 and (laughs) They they played with it so well that in this post-Endgame world, I thought Far- Spider-Man Far From Home was a really great epilogue to Endgame that, for me, enhanced Endgame, but also enhanced Infinity War and even enhanced Spider-Man Homecoming a bit for me. Just Homecoming in the sense that it, it shows where Peter's character is going, but also Endgame in the way that it's playing around with this world. And I'm curious, again, to see now where the MCU goes further. 
with a lot of our main characters gone. I mean, a lot of the characters we've followed for so long are gone, and I'd be surprised if they don't make Spider-Man the main one that we now follow throughout the MCU. It'll probably be like Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess the all there are main characters in uh, in Spider-Man: Homecoming though were were blipped, right? So MJ was blipped. And yeah, everyone was blipped except that one kid who grew <laughs> really <Yeah>. big. Um, <laughs> I don't remember his name particularly, yeah, but yeah. What was his name? Yeah, anyway, but yeah, the kind and of... And also the teacher didn't get blipped because he had that funny joke where he's like, yeah, my wife faked that she got blipped. We had oh, a yeah. fake everything <laughs> for her bad. too. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't think that they used J.B. Smoot well enough. He, he's such a funny guy. I was surprised he wasn't in it more. There was yeah. a lot of like when he got casted, I thought, but do you know what I think? I was I was reading some theories. So do you remember um, Hannibal's uh, gym coach teacher from the first one? Hannibal? Hannibal, yeah. His name's Hannibal. That's the comedian's name. He was the gym oh. teacher. Homecoming. Okay. So yeah. there was a lot of things that like he didn't go to the press tours or anything. He hired someone who like looked like him to do it all for him. Oh, weird. And he didn't come back for this one. So I actually have a feeling that J.P. Smoove came in as like a different teacher character and they just didn't want to bring him back. Like if, if he wasn't going to do the press, then why bring him back? Mm. And I have a feeling that that's kind of why they brought J.P. Smoove. And I actually am excited to see like him and because him and Martin Starr's chemistry was really funny when we got it in there. Like I actually really like Mr. Harrington. I Even though he's a very kooky teacher, I really like what they do with him. And I'm looking forward to like the more that we get with him and how he's a witchcraft teacher in the next Spider-Man film. Maybe that's a class uh, Peter Parker will take. Yeah. Yeah. All the student stuff I liked, all the school stuff, all this, all the younger stuff I liked. It was just the villain stuff that I thought was very predictable. It was very convoluted. I don't know. I just didn't think it was that interesting. And like the, the part that really excited you as far as the illusions to me, it was, was kind of video game ish so it wasn't mm-hmm. my favorite you know and because even in dr strange where it's these you know psychedelic visuals there's something about it that felt more grounded to me because mm-hmm. i guess it's coming from the characters in a way uh then than just these sort of virtual reality sessions yeah that, which i, I totally know. get which i like i get your perspective on that i think it was just like that's what i've been wanting and i think like like, because you said you hadn't read the comics, so I think it's going to hit people differently. Like, if you know the Mysterio character, if, like, that's something that you've been looking forward to compared to, like, if you haven't really, it kind of would come off like that. Because one of the friends I took to see it kind of felt the same way. She's like, it's really cool, but I, like, she liked the movie, but she was like, Mysterio was, like, fine for me. And I think that's where it's going to hit people differently is, like, what she wanted from Mysterio. I, I do think, though, I think... I mean, again, we talk about he's not dead. No one ever dies in this world. <laughs> I think we're going to get more of him. And I think down the road, we're going to get a lot more to all these villains. Like, I still think Vulture is a better villain. 100%. I think Michael Keaton. I think the character was better written. I think the twist of him being the father was still a better twist and something that I did not see coming whatsoever. When he opened that door, my jaw dropped. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, but Spider-Man Far From Home doesn't, the moments that my jaw dropped were all those sequences because I felt like the film started good. I was like, I'm liking this. But the second that Mysterio's twist happened for me, 
while predictable, I was just like, this is what I wanted from the Mysterio character. This is what I needed from him. Because the only thing I wish they didn't change is in the comic version, he is a failed actor. And in this one, he's a failed scientist in a sense. Which I wish they would have just gone more with the actor type because his exposition scene felt really actor-ish. Yeah, I agree. But more there. Of as a as a director, and I know there's been some fun interviews where someone's like, "Come on, you've taken from it. like, like when he's like, "Bew bew zap zap choo choo," when he's doing like his whole directing thing, he said that he took that from a director he's worked with, and I'm like really curious to know which one, but he wouldn't he wouldn't name drop him. But mm-hmm. so instead of taking the actor perspective, it looked like they took more of a director perspective with him. Yeah, that's true. But he did, I mean, just, he was very flashy is whole uh-huh. the way that he was kind of, yeah, you're right. He was kind of the director, but I don't know. Like it, it just, it was just bland to me. Mm-hmm. It just it's wasn't exciting. And, uh, and I, I was, especially, I think it was maybe hurt a little bit by the fact that Into the Spider-Verse was so great. And I was a little disappointed that we didn't end up getting a multiverse spider-verse i think that would have been so cool <sighs> to be honest so when they named out the multiverse um my prediction was that their their end credit scene was going to be a nod to toby and Andrew. i know Garfield. that would have been so cool so, but I, I guess there is things that they have said that the multiverse is out there i mean dr strange mentions that there is a multiverse so it's out there will they hit it maybe down the road i i just I was a little bit disappointed too. I won't, I won't lie. I was kind of like, oh, I wanted the multiverse. <laughs> but I also did think how it was funny how Jake is like, these guys believe anything after Endgame. They'll take anything, which yeah. is true because if you really think about it, like that could, that, if that happened in our government today and someone came out and they're like, yeah, these monsters are going to come out of anywhere. I think <laughs> it would it would be, you know what I mean? Like people would believe it. And that's why I loved how he was like, like the eccentricness of his character where, where it's flashing back where he's like timing everything he's like how's my cape look are you steaming it is it good i'm i could be meeting the queen in hours now it it just really worked for me and i think i, I was telling my friend though i think if anyone else would have played mysterio i don't think it would have worked as well like if you would have gotten a, a a nod of a jake gyllenhaal type actor to portray him i think a lot of the issues that you're having would have totally hit me harder because i don't think it would have wrapped around me just because i think jake is such an excellent actor he portrayed like i usually just see gyllenhaal depending on the film he plays but i saw Mm -hmm. quentin beck i didn't see jake and i think that's something he did so well with this character is playing this eccentric version of him it kind of felt like a version of him between okja and like nightcrawler for a weird (laughs) sense like a weird resemblance right in the middle but um i just i I think mysterious kind of be hit everyone a different way he hit me really hard like just again i like him so much because of it's the character that i've always wanted yeah and i think that's kind of where it gets there's not there's not a lot to him per se but i think just him as a character is really unique and i think they could do a lot with him down the road yeah i mean it is a pretty typical uh tony stark villain uh, and I, you know, typical Iron Man villain of the former associate who gets uh, kind of the angry man of business who then, you know, sort of seeks revenge. I mean, they've all been kind of like that, all the Iron Man villains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, I just felt like uh, that they had an opportunity to do something a little bit less predictable with a little bit more heart. And, uh, but I, I didn't like all the, 
the teens shenanigans. So hopefully, uh, and I, I did think, what do you think of the second post credit scene? Uh, That's you, what I was just about to ask yeah. you too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I can't imagine them retconning like i mean this has been the year of nick fury like nick fury everything um but i can't imagine them retconning nick fury's character like that far back so so there's an interview with cinema blend with the director where he talks spoilers and he says that nick fury and him switched out from his vision they switched out after endgame okay that i can deal with because, so and that, and if that's actually i mean to, for all we know they they retcon it again you know what i mean but because the biggest issue i have with captain marvel is that his eye got scratched out by a cat and, uh-huh. and then it, every time i watch winter soldier now and he lifts up his eye patch and he's like never trust someone or something i'm just like so you're talking about a cat right like <laughs> so well, alien cat an alien cat but <laughs> which can i say where the hell is goose yeah where the hell is goose right like, it would i think it would have been cool if we saw nick fury get up and goose was right next to him yeah but where is goose like <laughs> did he die yeah is I he agree. you could have had I, him in the last battle sequence <laughs> i know i was really surprised that he wasn't in endgame at all like not even for like the smallest part like he didn't have to be a big part but so which wait now i'm thinking back was was groot in endgame groot yeah groot was was he in the last battle sequence yeah yeah he was okay, i'm sure I'm like, of it i mean they're all in it <laughs> <laughs> i know he was but he has to be there was hardly anybody from captain marvel uh in uh in endgame uh, and yeah i was surprised how little they used captain marvel in Which general in endgame I was surprised they didn't, they barely used her, but I'm also thinking the reason that they didn't have a lot of those actors in it is because Captain Marvel wasn't even filmed yet. Like Endgame was filmed way before that. So I have a feeling that that was part of the reason why, but, but yeah, so that last end credit scene, it happened. And I hate my friend because he's been saying, Nick Fury's a scroll, Nick Fury's a scroll. And then it happened. And he turns to me, he's like, I told you, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, seriously, the one thing you have, I didn't want you to do now for a second actually i didn't when the girl changed i was sitting there i'm like oh shit this is gonna be chameleon from spider-man like okay. i was thinking oh my god they're doing chameleon and then i and then it turned into a scroll and i was like never mind it's just a scroll i i think it's cool i think it's it's cool i think it sets up some cool things the thing about nick fury though on space though is it sets up sword which from the comics is like the shield counterpart in space and it's uh-huh. like a giant space which is that's nice I'm, I'm curious where they'll go with that it'll probably it's probably setting up the next captain marvel that that's kind of the way that i'm viewing it but i i was whatever about it i was just i truly hope like what the director was saying is that it truly isn't just like he like talos which i love talos like ben Mendelssohn's great in the role but i really hope like your worry is that it's not super far back like that's not him in avengers age of ultron yeah like i'd be pretty annoyed by that but I guess the director was pointing out certain things that like he had Talos itch the eye or Nick Fury itch his eye under the eye patch a lot in subtle moments. So he had certain things or certain dialogue moments where like the number one thing he did is the first time you see them in Morocco, I think maybe it was Morocco with the sand monster. 
you hear you hear Maria Hill kept saying, we need to stick on course, we need to stick on course, we need to stay on the mission. And he keeps talking about, oh, well, if we're here and there's a cloud in the, and there's a face in the cloud, we should be here to talk about it. Because their number one mission was just to deliver the glasses. Like that was their only mission. Yeah. And they just couldn't do it. So, and then there's another thing where they're talking about sleeper cells, which is a, a huge Captain Marvel thing that Nick Fury wouldn't really know about. So there, there's some small things in there that I like that they kind of like tinkered around with, but I'm whatever about it. I just hope they don't go. I mean, like I would be physically mad if we found out later on that Hawkeye was a, uh, a scroll. Yeah, I would be really mad too. So hopefully they don't get too cute with that. Yeah, like I know there's a comic where it talks about like the scrolls got switched out and stuff. Maybe that could work like down the road, like that the scrolls took like say Hawkeye. Like it's 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 a movie about like the the new Avengers and Hawkeye's a scroll. Maybe they just kidnapped him and switched him out because there's they said that there's good and bad ones out there. So I I don't know what they're gonna do with it. You know, it, it's it's all up to them. But I, I please don't please don't retcon any of that yeah yeah i agree so i mean it was it was a fun fun ending it was a fun surprise but yeah i hope that they like i said don't get too cute with it because uh that's the danger i guess in 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 introducing this time travel element and there's other things going on you know that like i'm not that somebody who worries that much about the continuity honestly as long as the movies are good but it will make the movies not good if if they get too convoluted and too caught up in all of that kind of thing and i don't know just i guess in conclusion for me this movie it just it just was kind of boring for me it mm-hmm. just wasn't i don't know all the villain stuff was just kind of like maybe i've been there done that it wasn't mm-hmm. interesting to me and maybe that's partly my own fault for not having read this comics but i, I just i don't know and so when people were so excited about it i was so surprised uh, but I I really enjoyed parts of it, but I just couldn't go fresh on it because I just didn't think it was very original. Well, and the thing that you're saying where you said that um, it's my fault for not reading the comic, that's not your fault. I mean, they should – I mean, you shouldn't have to read the comic to like a movie. Yeah. Like, that, that's that's my biggest thing with it. And so, like, I think the way that you're coming off about it, you're you're totally right. You're totally in the – you're totally in your right to feel that way. And I, I get it. I, I get it. I, I think I'm more in the minority where I think this, this is, this is the Spider-Man film I've always wanted. Like this felt like it was straight from the comic book, everything with Mysterio, everything like that. I think there are certain things that come off about it. And just as rewatches will occur, maybe it'll go down in my rank because this is right there with Spider-Verse for me, even though I think Spider-Verse is probably a, I mean, it's not even probably, it's definitely a more creative and unique film than this one. Which, I mean, Spider-Verse, I went in thinking this is going to be the dumbest thing ever. I, the animation looked cool, but mm-hmm. animated Spider-Man movie? Get out of here. <laughs> Walk out of that film buzzing about it. And that was the same way about Spider-Man Far From Home. I go in, if I go into a film with like high, high, high expectations, it, it usually rarely meets it. But yeah. I walked out of Spider-Man Far From Home freaking out about it. Yeah. And, like, even Avengers Endgame, I didn't walk out freaking out about it. Like, I walked out, and I was like, that was so good. But, like, I wasn't, like – like, I didn't call one of my random friends, and I just <laughs> vented about the movie because I was freaking out so much about it. But And that, and that's where – like, there's only been a couple Marvel films that I've done that with, which is this one and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the uh, Galaxy is still, like, really high up there for me. But, like, there's certain movies that just, like, 
hit me a little bit harder and hit other people differently, but everything you're saying, I totally get. And I think a lot of people are going to kind of, they're going to take sides, but whatever. That's the thing about film. It's, it's all subjective. <laughs> Let's all remember that. This, they're, they're movies. If you have, anytime you get one of those big comments, it's just someone going crazy. It's like, couldn't you go crazy about something more serious in the world? Maybe. <laughs> so. I mean, and I can, it's fine, but I, but I don't know. It was just surprising to me. And it, cause yeah, I watched your ranking video. You had this above, I think it was yeah. your number one. You had it as your number one. And I was, I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, but so, yeah, I mean, but a year from now that could change. A year from now that could change. I mean, rankings always switch out for me. Yeah. Like Homecoming used to be my number one favorite. And then Spider-Verse was, and I just, I think it's just how this film hit me. Yeah. And I think I relate harder to this film than I do Spider-Verse. So yeah, I think I think that's kind of I, I think a lot of it comes down to relating to a character. If you relate to a character, that's gonna like change a lot of how you feel about a movie. Which another one that we both kind of defer is Longshot. I relate a lot to Seth Rogen's character in that movie mm. somewhat. <laughs> and I think that's why I love that movie so much. Yeah. And um some people like didn't get that same relatability, which is fine. Um besides the whole part with his oh boy, that that's just that was too much. <laughs> That was just the jacket. I couldn't deal with that jacket. I, if he took out the jacket, Rachel would have loved Longshot. I, Put it on the poster. Take the jacket off, Seth Rogen. But I I did actually like that movie. I did, yeah, I know. I went fresh on I just didn't think it was the greatest romantic comedy ever made. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the jacket. <laughs> I was saying that something going on with indie films this year with that with that awful yellow turtleneck and books. Oh my god! Yeah, I, the whole time I was watching, I'm like, please, I'm like stop, stop. But but Take anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting for me. This is definitely in the like just the sort of like I guess pleasant enough bottom tier kind of predictable, a little bit boring uh bottom tier marvel movies for mm-hmm. me uh and like i said it's not awful i didn't want to die watching it or something like green lantern or something but it just wasn't great for me but uh but yeah so yeah i probably have it right around i mean because i also not a fan of the second guardians movie oh, see, um, i i'm i'm whatever about the second guardians i, yeah. I like it but it's definitely not as good as the first one I didn't like it, and uh, it's for for a lot of different reasons. But anyway, so yeah, it would definitely be in that bottom grouping for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, be curious to know what you guys think of the different perspectives that we talked about. Uh, if you're listening, put in the comment section or on Twitter. Just talk with us, and let's let's talk it out. It'll be fun. And uh, thanks so much for coming on and and talking about this movie and sharing your point of view. Uh, I think it's been really interesting. We had a good discussion, and uh, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'm glad that I was finally able to come talk with you and talk Spider-Man of all things. Um, yeah. Next time we'll have to talk rom-coms and, yes. and yes. what makes a great jacket in a film that people should wear. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but thank you again so much for watching this. Or yeah, we'll definitely do another one me. soon. And so where can people find you on your channel and on social media and all that fun stuff? Uh, you guys can find me on YouTube at Zach Pope. Just type in Zach Pope and I should be the first one that comes up. And then on Twitter, just follow me at Pope the King. I'm usually tweeting all sorts of stuff. And if you tweet me about Spider-Man, maybe I'll reply back. Maybe. Just be nice <laughs> about it to all of us because that's, that's the thing. We had different opinions and we're having fun talking about it. Yeah. And you can do that too. That, that, that goes for any type of movie, no matter <laughs> what the movie is. 
because I have a feeling the next film that's going to be polarizing is Joker. I have a big feeling that Joker's going to be polarizing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're changing actually- the world. What do you, what do you yep. <laughs> Yes. I guess everybody just, it's just, it's part of, it should be part of the fun of it, but often at times it's not, but, uh, but yeah, make sure you're following Zach. He has great content. He works really, really hard. And so definitely, uh, definitely check that out. Be sure you're following the podcast uh, on iTunes. And if you are listening on iTunes, if you can give us your ratings and reviews, really appreciate that. If you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate that. And I also have our uh, patron group that we just started with, with Hallmarkies. That's really fun. Uh, and uh, we talk about not just hallmark movies on there but all kinds of movies uh, it's really fun so check that out information in the description section and i have the merch store also you can be an animation junkie which is a lot of fun so a lot of stuff going on and uh, we really appreciate your feedback in the comment section so check that out and um we'll talk again soon let us know if you have anything that you would like us to to talk about uh any other uh, spider-man movies or anything else we'd love uh, your suggestions so thanks so much and thanks so much zach and we'll we'll talk to y'all later bye